won't lie, the first two weeks of having him were hell. Um, I've done multi-day races and I have done, you know, travel across the world for three or four days and I've never felt as tired and nauseous and confused, but happy um, as I did the first two weeks of having Maurice. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. My next guest is Bex Gentry, the former Nike run coach turned Peloton tread instructor and ultra marathon runner, now living in New York. She talks about her fitness journey that began with a career in PR, her approach to self-care, how exercise affects her mood, and how her puppy, Maurice, is filling her life with newfound happiness and sleepless nights. I hope you enjoy. As ever, we are so thankful to all our listeners for tuning in each week. To help us to keep going, we would love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. Also, please share our newsletter to your friends and family or anyone who you think needs a hit of happiness in their inbox. Bex, thank you so much for joining us on the day's podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I miss all the UK stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're a familiar face, obviously, in London. You uh, you headed up the, the night training runs. I think I did a few of them when I was uh, mm-hmm. working in Marlebone. I think we did the Regent's Park one with you a few times yeah. with, R- with Rory Knight. Is that the, the yeah. other trainer? Yeah. <laughs> um, and now, obviously, you're over at Peloton heading up the tread workouts there. Uh, yeah. Big jump across the pond. And, yeah, you <laughs> must be missing a lot of your family and friends and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so before we get going, like I like to kick off the podcast by talking about career and what you what got you into this space um to talking about your journey I guess from your days in PR which is where you started mm-hmm. out I believe right through yeah. to Nike and now to Peloton so yeah <laughs> give us a little whistle stop tour that would be great absolutely um so yep you're completely right I started off in PR many moons ago it feels like now but not really that long ago like seven wait how old am I turning yeah eight years Oof. um and I love PR it was great I mean London doing PR I felt so glamorous um you know going for boozy lunches and after work drinks and parties and doing press launches it was just such a wonderful time and I kind of got a little bit disenchanted by it after a few years of trying to reinterpret the same thing that I wasn't passionate about. So, you know, no matter what you're passionate about, you love it. It doesn't feel like a task or a chore. But for me, that was becoming a bit of a chore. And I was channeling my, uh, I guess, like my my sadness or my frustration that I didn't know what my passion was. I was channeling it into fitness. And I was living in Brighton, running along the seafront after work, no watch, you know, nothing like that mattered back then. Um, It sounds like the dark ages, but it is in comparison (laughs) to today. And I started training to uh, to be a boxer at an MMA gym. And I kind of just really enjoyed the running aspects. My coach would tell me to do a 5k warm up, And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. And this was at 4, 4.30 in the morning before I got a 7am train up to London to work. And Mm. it felt so good. And I just kind of kept building on this running world I did a 5k I did a half marathon and I loved it and at the same time it correlated with being in a very toxic relationship I was struggling with an eating disorder I all of these things that I didn't kind of realize at the time and you know when you're just so far in something you don't think anything's wrong 
And I went away, actually came over to the US, to Naples, Florida, to stay with my aunt. And her husband, my, my uncle, he just saw this passion I had for running. And I was doing it every day, I guess, to escape whatever demons were in my mind at the time. And he sat me down and just said, you need to channel this passion and this energy and share it with other people because it's contagious. And I literally, when I flew back home, I wrote my resignation letter on the plane. First day back at work, I handed it to my boss. And within two months, I'd moved back up to London and I re uh, kind of reset my life, went to YMCA Fit, did my uh, diploma in business and personal training. And that was it. I kind of was super lucky to get some inc an incredible job, well, internship straight away. Um, I was the person who was unpaid for months cleaning sweat off a gym floor, <laughs> but mm -hmm. you do it. Anyone in fitness um, who you speak to has done that. And it's humbling to start there and work your way up. And I was lucky enough that that's where I met the Nike team. So um, all of like Jay Goddard and those girls who were launching Nike Training Club back then, they took me on board with the foresight that Nike Run Club was launching. And I guess I, I, I always owe Jay my career in many ways because she catapulted me. She believed in me. She was my hero from day one who saw something and thought that I was worth a shot. <laughs> That's amazing because you, you hadn't been in the industry that long then before you were discovered mm -hmm. by Nike. So was that like no. being at the right place at the right time and also, also you being a very accomplished runner? Yeah, I think, I mean, back then I was doing ultras. I um, I think a lot of it as well was personality. You know, it was, yeah. a, it was a, a, the dawning age of social media as well. It was right at the start when it became prevalent that your career could be changed by these tiny boxes on your phones mm -hmm. and I think that my personality I mean I way back when I was at school I was studying uh, to be an actress so I think there's a lot of things that kind of come together in your world I wanted to then be a reporter or a presenter when I went to university so, you know, I think as you, you look back and you see that there's a reason why you've gone down all of these paths. And I guess the brief that the, the team at Nike were given was to find certain people that fit into all of these categories. Mm -hmm. And I, I was lucky enough to be one of those people and in the right place at the right time. But I mean, you saw the sessions. We put in the hard work for a few years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what, what a name to get on your portfolio there. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it obviously stood you in good yeah. stead for your career at Peloton, where you lead the tread workouts, which is incredible. Yeah. And there's a lot of businesses that haven't fared too well during the pandemic, but Peloton is not one of them. It's gone from strength to strength. And I, I struggle to think of people who don't have a Peloton bike <laughs> uh, in their living room. Um, and I know the tread yeah. has just launched over here, hasn't it? It's, yeah. Um, it has. I think it was Boxing Day that it went online. Yeah, I've just, it um, was. I've just had a baby, so I've been like desperately trying to plan oh, my like my comeback with a with a treadmill. Yeah. So I love running, but I've I love the interactivity on the app where you can try and put it in your house. I've been like yeah. wandering around trying to see where it can slot in, but um, I'm struggling to find a place for it. But oh, yeah. you'll find a place. Honestly, it's <laughs> I will. a beautiful, beautiful machine. I yeah. adore. I mean, it's like. The, the Tread Plus is my original baby and my the, the new Tread is like the second baby that I'm... I have the Tread Plus here, but yeah. I think, I don't know, at some point maybe I'll get the other one. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was it like then going from, you know, a company I like in the UK to Peloton? As a company, yeah. what are they like to work for? And, and yeah, what have you learned from them? <laughs> they're, I mean, they're both so different. I was, I was 
doing Nike training. I was at Equinox as well, yeah. uh, leading precision running there. Um, and I also had my own personal training business. So I was doing a lot of different things. I was like multitasking in the extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I was traveling a lot with my private clients, which was always incredible to see the world through their eyes and run in different places. So I had that kind of different cultural experience from from my clients. But I mean, Nike and Peloton are leagues apart in so many ways. You know, they're um, one is a sports company, one's a tech, you know, like we're, we're very different, but in their own ways, they're, they're both incredible. And I would never change anything about um, where I've worked, what I've learned from all the different experiences I've had to get me where I am right now. Um, yeah. But the, I mean, the American way of working is very different to the UK way of working. And I think New York is a city that before March 2020 <laughs> was the nonstop city that never sleeps. You are working super hard. You're exploring every corner that you find um, over and over again. Even if you've been there four or five times, you're back because there's going to be someone new or something new there. Um, So I think that kind of gives you a very different experience, even if uh, you happen to come here with the same company, for example. Mm, So, yeah, yeah, I think it's about how you, you change your life with the way you work. Yeah, totally. And so like you touched on you're an ultra marathon runner as well. So obviously when you're mm-hmm. teaching your classes, you're, you're training at the same time for these amazing events that you take part in, aren't you? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think from your Instagram feed, I can see that the one you're most proud of is the, the New York marathon that you ran. Um, why yeah. was that one so special? Um, it was my first New York marathon. Um, I have been in the presence of people who've run New York 10, 20 times and I have never had somebody tell me that it's a miserable race a boring race uh they wouldn't do it again everyone who has run New York once will do it again Mm -hmm. and somebody said to me that it's New York uh, City Marathon Day is a love letter to New York City from anyone and everyone who's ever graced the, the streets with their presence and I couldn't describe it any better from having run the race and experienced that uh it really was a love letter it was heartbreak as well as gushing love (laughs) all in the same day but it was also my fastest marathon I came first non-elite female over the line for it and everything about it just shocked me it was perfect if if perfect existed it was perfect for me that day the the weather the temperature the friends I saw the friends I didn't see perhaps um my nutrition my stomach for the first time ever didn't give out on me at 15 and a half miles mm. um so that you know just when a lot of things collide it's a serendipitous moment yeah that's amazing so moving <laughs> on to um to like relationships and and the mm-hmm. love hormone oxytocin which is the o and dose um mm-hmm. we i saw as well that you you've recently got a puppy maurice i have he's, he's... Who, who's the little bowl is there in the background and is he stamping yeah. around <laughs> well, he's just kind of just padded over right now keeping my feet uh, on. <laughs> yeah that, that was his cue to come over he, he wants to get involved yeah um, he knew so what's it been like having a dog? Is this your first dog or did you grow up with dogs? I didn't, no. I, um, my parents, my dad 
is ex-army, very tidy, likes everything in its place. So I had to beg him for fish. Then fish <laughs> turned into hamsters. And then um, I had a couple of guinea pigs, but that was pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my sister had dogs, uh, but my sister's 24 years older than me. So they were never at home. Mm. So this is my first puppy. My boyfriend has, um, a Weimaraner who, uh, has been in my life for a while, but I yeah. didn't know her when she was a puppy. Oh. So this, yeah, he's my first baby. Oh, and how, <laughs> how has he affected your well-being? would you say? Um, he, he's incredible. Um, I won't lie. The first two weeks of having him were hell. Um, I've done multi-day races and I have done, you know, travel across the world for three or four days and I've never felt as tired and nauseous and confused, but happy, um, as I did the first two weeks of having Maurice because you don't sleep. I understand why people say have a dog before a baby. Yeah. I'm sure if you're not one of those people who's always been like, I'm going to have babies. Yeah. Get a dog first just to be in that level of like, do you go utterly nuts from sleep deprivation or <laughs> do you roll with it? I mean, Austin and I laugh at the, the photos we have of one another on that first two weeks of like, I was obviously carrying on working. We didn't, we, we, I think we stopped for a couple of weeks to reassess the situation during COVID, but we were granted essential worker permits. So we continued mm. working from home. Then we went back to the studio. And at this point, when we got Maurice, we were back in the studio in July last year. <laughs> and I, so I was just working normally. And it was just like, crying my eyes open standing there before the tally lights came on to go live just like mm. okay ready all right we're here let's go <laughs> oh god so, so hard though but like you say it like, was. I think someone told me that same thing get a dog before a baby and then if you're actually yeah. about a dog try borrow my doggy and then you can just borrow them for the day yeah. and give them back <laughs> just to yeah. make sure I think yeah. borrowing them for the day is great it's mm. that's it's the like overnight 24 hours of in the middle of the night you may randomly you know he's nearly nine months old now and he's mm. a lot better but most of the nights he sleeps from he'll go out for a pee at like 10 30 when mm. I I'm trying to be in bed by then but I have to stay up for him otherwise he'll wake up at four yeah so yeah, yeah. you have to pick your battles <laughs> with them but the yeah. happiness is bonkers you know you come home you're exhausted from whatever or you just feel a bit drained by the world situation yeah and he just smiles wags his tail brings you a toy and you're like oh yeah he, like it doesn't matter to him he has no idea and look how happy this little thing is like he, he encourages me to turn off the news if it's you know you're watching cnn or whatever and it's on the fourth repeat of the same story mm. you turn it off and play with him and it's been great during COVID of going for walks and getting outside um, and just kind of resetting my brain and you know, giving him some exercise. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Well, obviously you're living in your quite a long way away from your family and friends in Worcester. Is that where you're from originally? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. It must be quite hard though during this time to not be able to fly home and, and see them. How have you stayed yeah. in touch with them and, and made sure you, you're getting that kind of contact? Uh, FaceTime, FaceTime, <laughs> FaceTime WhatsApp yeah. video calls, anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult, but, um, you know, it, the new normal is it, you have to adapt to everything. I think the, the first month, obviously everyone around the world was like, oh, it'll be over. It won't, it won't mm. hang around. And 
I, I remember Austin and I and his family, we, we were quarantined down in New Jersey at their beach house. And we were just like, oh, it's fine. It'll just be a couple of weeks. It's going to be really fun. You know, you're like having a glass of wine at two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> on a Monday, you're like, ah, this is wild. <laughs> this is yeah. never going to last. Three months later, you're like, mm. oh, my goodness me. Summer's gone. And um, so I think the adaptation to the new normal makes sure that you don't dwell on what was. And mm. you have to, um, you know, progress doesn't come without risks. Taking risks doesn't come without accepting um, I read a really good quote about it yesterday. Oh my gosh. Progress isn't enhancing what is, it's about advancing towards what will be. Mm, that's nice. And I really was like, wow, that applies to everything, whether mm. it's the pandemic, whether it's running, relationships. It's, yeah, that's just my mantra right now. And I know I will see my parents at some point. Um, when that is, I just have to not focus on when that is. It's, yeah. it's there. And thank does God it, for technology. <laughs> exactly. Thank God. And does it just really make you, like, put things in perspective, right? It makes you really, like, appreciate it. Next time you see them, you're probably going to give them, like, the biggest hug ever. Oh, and just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. To, like, just go on. squeeze them. And, you know, there's points in time I'm just in my mind, like, okay, if I got a private jet, could I fly <laughs> them over here? You know, you just have all those stupid, like, I can't afford a private jet and mm. it's still unsafe for my 83 year old father who has cancer to come to New York. Like, mm. Even coming through my bill, I live in an ap apartment block. They mm. don't, they live in a house, you know, they really can be isolated. It's, it's dangerous for him just to walk in my building essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Kind of no. crazy. <laughs> Super hard. And obviously a lot of us, dream about doing what you've done you know leaving leaving <laughs> home and going to take on a new job in a different country like it's obviously very scary but very rewarding at the same mm -hmm. time what are some tips you can give people for for wanting to do this and like any anything to kind of get them over the line if they've got any doubts <laughs> um I would 100% just you have to go with your gut yeah you know um whether it's a new job in the same company you're in, in the same country, in the same building, you know in the heart of your hearts whether it's right for you or not. And mm. if it's right for you, everything will fall into place. Mm. It's I'm a big believer in not necessarily fate, but in if you positively commit to doing something that you're passionate about, that reflection of gratitude for that being placed in front of you permeates all of the other things in your world. So you go about your day with a smile on your face. The actions that you put out to other people are with grace, with gratitude and with joy so that when anything, anyone thinks of you, they don't necessarily think negatively of you. And if you're not thought of as negatively, positive things come to you. And it just, it, the snowball effect of a smile can change the world. So I think if you really, in your heart or in your gut, uh, doubting whether something is correct or it doesn't sit well with you somewhere. Mm. Just kind of do the list, do the old fashioned like pros and cons list yeah. of like, okay, but don't overthink it because of course I, I went through that. I didn't tell my mom and dad that I went for the first interview with mm. Peloton in New York. I flew to New York for I think it was a max 72 hours. I literally flew in, did an audition, 
and uh, had a couple of meetings the next day, flew home that afternoon. Mm. And I somehow managed to get it past my mom, who I speak to every day. She didn't call me. I think I called her so she didn't hear the ringtone that was in a different country. And I just didn't want to tell them because I didn't want their panic of, oh, my God, my daughter's leaving the country to come away. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want that to hurt them. And, you know, because it's, it's two ways. They're parents. They're so excited and happy and proud of you, but also like, no, don't go, don't go. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I kind of, I hedged my bets in that respect. I kept it all close to me, but I didn't overthink it too far in respect to leaving my family behind or... Oh my God, I could have thought, I could have ever think, thought it so much that I'd come to something like this, to a pandemic. And if that was mm. the case, I'd be like, okay, well, what happens if you can't go home for 18 months? Like, yeah. oh, no, you, essentially you wouldn't go at the offset. You'd be like, no way am I leaving my family for that long. Mm. But life you can't li- Exactly, you can't live with hindsight, can you? Like, like that no. one time, it's not realistic. That's but you, you must have, did you ever have feelings of like, oh, I'm going to be lonely out there. Or I don't have a lot of friends or, or was the Peloton community really welcoming and, and helped you to, yeah. to make friends? It really was. And I was in really, really lucky situation in the fact that through Nike running, we, um, Corey and I traveled through many cities around the world. So Nike uh, rung her was in about 47 cities before it was scaled back, I believe. And we traveled to a lot to launch it. And New York was the home base for NRC. So we were here an awful lot. And through that, I got to meet such wonderful people, runners in the community, different run crews. And they were friends before I lived here. And they continue to be friends to this day. And I almost felt like I had more friends here than I did in London that I had running in common with. So knowing that I was coming here to be a runner and having the massive group of people, like I knew the day I landed, I could just hop out that night. I knew which run crew to go and run with. And so that was really reassuring. Um, And jumping into a team of instructors, I wasn't a singular person coming into a massive company. I was a singular person coming into a very tight knit group of instructors. At that time, it was really small. I think it's doubled since I've been on board we're now like 34 35 maybe instructors something like that globally um and so I knew that we'd all been cast because we were very different Mm. but we had a lot of passions in the same places so I Mm. knew that coming in I I had this group of people that I was pretty much guaranteed to get along with which is the case (laughs) that's invaluable isn't it and did you meet your your current partner there as well through peloton was it yeah oh through running through running not necessarily peloton yeah we met watching the uh u.s women's football world cup or soccer world cup as they call it here nice um he always like double chip looks at me when i say football he's like no it wasn't the football it was the soccer i'm like yeah it's my football not your football yeah (laughs) other things yeah i don't know if it's just canadians or the u.s when they say bangs like a fringe like so many little little words you're like what why how does that compute bangs yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) if i say the boot like with it we need to put the dogs in the boot of the car yeah like hmm What's the that? dog's boots? Like, <laughs> the, dog's being, the dogs don't have boots on. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, so you touched on like that kind of um, gut connection earlier, but that brings us nicely into serotonin, which is obviously all of our happiness made in the gut, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. And how obviously a lot of that is to do with what what we fuel it with. You know how how we yeah. supplement our diet and um, running all these punishing long distances. It's quite <laughs> hard on the body, isn't it? So like, how do you make yes. sure that you're fueling yourself correctly? And what kind of stuff do you eat when you're when you're training? Um. Wow. I. I mean, if, if somebody really watched me for a day, they'd probably be horrified and disgusted by what I eat. If I'm training hard, I, I do tend to eat what I want. But here's the twist. What I want when I'm training hard is actually much more healthy right. than when I'm not training. So in the midst of COVID, when I felt like I lost my way a little bit with training, I wasn't sure why I was doing extra mileage and that extra mileage, I wasn't sure what it should look like. Even though I'm a running coach, I've been a runner for nearly mm. a d- decade. I was just like, ah, I don't know what to do. And I kind of in the end was like, oh, I'm just going to go running off feel and feel got less and less the more COVID dragged on. And I was kind of snacking, eating anything and everything. And I mean, hand on my heart, honestly, I was drinking more than I've probably ever drunk. Like, mm. I'm not used to having a glass of wine every day for more than a holiday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you do it on, on holiday every now and again, but not at home, not in normal life. So I really did feel that I was ready to sort out my nutrition. And it's been very interesting now. I'm back in a, uh, a very tough training cycle of I want to, I will finish a really hard run. And I won't just want to jump and grab anything. I'm very like, okay, I want this exact thing. And it's generally something super hydrating, like a really big salad or Mm. avocado and tuna just out of a bowl and (laughs) things like that. Mm. But I do love, I, every nutritionist in the world is going to hate me for saying this. I function and perform well of sugar. Yeah. And I don't necessarily mean like always refined sugar, but if I have, um, I love going macro bars. I struggle Mm. with dates. I wish I could eat dates because they're the most fantastic form of natural sugar, like quick fire energy, but they don't agree with me. But go macro bars, they have this really good formula, which agrees with me very well. But then Mm. on the flip side of that, uh, and I talk about this in my class a lot, I love Haribo Mm. and I will run with them in my pocket. Because I know that that, you know, really does give me that quick, quick fuel that I need. Um, but for long runs, I'm, I, I have Morton. I think Morton is incredible. Their gels are awesome. Mm. Um, and food-wise, like, I honestly, I love everything. There are certain foods I can't eat because I'm allergic to them. Um, and there's certain foods that I know, out of trial and error, Mm. don't serve me well they may be tasty but I'm gonna wake up the next morning and not perform well or not be as efficient because I need to stop for the bathroom you know there's just yeah there's no remedy for everybody that it's um I get asked about my nutrition all the time and I rarely talk about it in depth because I never want somebody to try and carbon copy what I do thinking that it will suit them or make them um I don't know, faster or whatever they're looking for because Mm. it's taken me a very long time and it's a continuing process. I think we all know as women, our hormones change Mm. all the time. And sometimes you can eat something and it's fine. In a different time of the month, you can eat it and you're like, what? Why does it agree with me? Like my levels are up and down, especially when you're training hard because your your hormone levels really do 
teeter into different directions. Um, so yeah. in terms of recovery, so that obviously you're running a lot. It's 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 quite like kind of hard yang energy. What do you do to like calm down? Do you do any like yoga, meditation, or ice bath, anything no. like that? I I'm not the kind of runner that um, yo when I'm in when I'm in specific training, mm. yoga doesn't necessarily agree with my body. When I'm in um, out of a specific training, yes, I will yeah. do yoga for sure. Um, I love how it treats my mind. I love meditation for that. But um, no, when I'm in like hard training, I I need my muscles and tendons to be kind of tight. I don't need them to be floppy. Um, so I uh, I use the hyper ice guns mm-hmm. um, to do self massage for sure. But one of the biggest life hacks that I've got for recovery, um, and it's old school. I use compression socks. So as soon as I finished, I mean this is why the COVID is great for this kind of training is because mm. I've finished my run. I'm at home and generally don't have to go anywhere. I'm sitting here and I've got, I'm doing this all day, but yeah. I have my compression socks on my feet are up and it's fabulous <laughs> to have that recovery tool, like straight away. Normally, you know, you're rushing out, you're going to work, coming mm. home, doing it in the evening. Um, and I love those yoga toes talking of yoga, you know, the toe spacer things. Yeah. I love those, especially if you have tight perineals. Uh, they're really good for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the most simple hack for recovery for me is in the shower. Mm-hmm. When I'm washing, I self-massage my legs. And when I, and this is another trick for moisturizing, I make sure I like literally massage in my moisturizer on my legs. Really, like quite tough to the point. Some days where I don't like it. But it's a twofold win there. You've got a little massage and you're helping your skin out from all the sweat. Um, and putting your feet up, being okay with recovery. I think um, I think everything's coming back to COVID. But this past year has taught people that uh, weren't possibly able to relax, to relax. Like it's enforced. You can't go anywhere. So you've got to sit down and put a film on and be okay with that. And I think yeah. that's probably done a lot of people a great deal of good mm. because that, that for me, I, I swear by days where I'm at home, I love being at home. I love being under the blanket, especially now I have Maurice. I just, you know, it's yeah. very nice to sit and cuddle at home. Like I'm sure with you having a baby is nothing more wonderful than just being at home with your feet up, having that glorious cuddle. Mm, it, do you know what COVID in a way has taken away that FOMO that you might normally feel as a new mum because you think like oh I should be out there doing stuff but then no one can be out there doing stuff right now so yeah. it's kind of like yeah you're allowed to stay in and eat those yeah. biscuits or whatever it is and, and exactly. do what you need to do and if that's what's that's what serves you for recovery then then great because it's not yeah. every day you know you're going to go and hit a great workout the next day yeah but if that means that you wake up with a really full heart and a rested body the next morning ready to crush it do it yeah exactly. <laughs> it's great advice and so getting to those all sweet endorphins that you know so well as a runner um yeah. and and everyone's got their their own kind of method of like how they get that high right but as a runner you know that runner's high all too well and when when yep. did you first discover it was it when you were younger like was there a moment where you're like oh my god this is amazing or was it music related how did you first discover no. it um I think weirdly the first run that comes to mind for that would be now I think probably the first 5k I ever ran and that's going to be way back I mean I was 
was I even in PR then? It was kind of soon after university. Mm. Um, and it was in Brighton. I was so underprepared, quite possibly had one too many glasses of Pinot Grigio the night before, if I'm thinking at the correct time in my life. Um, and I woke up, rocked up and did this run for um, cancer awareness because my godfather had just uh, recently passed away from cancer very suddenly. And I fundraised for the first time. I joined Facebook because of it in order to fundraise. And it was wild. Like I'd never been to a race as as an adult. The only thing I'd ever been to was like egg and spoon race as a kid. (laughs) So it was really cool. I remember thinking like, wow, this is like a genuine race and mm. I don't recall whether there was corrals I seem to remember it just kind of being a free-for-all and you go for it and I did pretty well for somebody who had no idea what they were doing um I think I finished top 10 in that race I just remember hearing the commentator that when I came like down it was a downhill towards the finish in this park and I just remember hearing the commentator saying and here's the happiest runner we've seen so far <laughs> and I was so happy to, well, I was happy to finish it. Um, but it was just such a wonderful feeling of achievement. And I don't know whether that really, that was the first time I experienced the endorphins, but it was the first time I recognized pride associated mm. with running. So it, yeah. I guess there was definitely endorphins there yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how important would you say is exercise to your mental health and in, in helping mm. you feel happy? Because you, you touched on it earlier, how you used to go for runs in Brighton, didn't you, to kind of offset that negativity mm-hmm. you were feeling about your job? Yeah. Um, it's hugely important to me. Mm. I um, would very honestly admit that unless I'm into a rhythm of not running or training, which does happen for Mm. sure. And a switch flips. But again, honestly, it is through a forced pandemic or holiday where there's other things. I'm being active by exploring a a new cultural landscape. But on a daily basis, unless I'm on a forced recovery day, like prescribed by my coach, Mm. my mood is pretty shocking unless I've been for a run and I know it I'm aware of it and I think that sometimes is a disservice to myself that I'm aware of it because I focus on it and then I'm really introverted and quiet and like I just won't talk it's fine so I I, um I I even I feel it when I teach I teach a lot in the mornings here in New York like 7 a.m in the morning but then sometimes if I'm teaching at 8 30 I'll try and run before so we have call times, uh, like it's a production. So we, we don't just rock up at like 8.20 and mm. go on camera. We're there like an hour before our class. And then it's like a 45 minute journey to get there from my home. And But I still know that my, the energy I can give and the coaching standard that I can pass on to our members is elevated if I kind of get up and get my my body warm and my mood (laughs) lifted before I teach but yeah Yeah. it's super important um and I think that can swing to both sides I Mm. potentially have a lot more work to do on the not running and still being happy than the other way Mm. um but as I said I'm aware of it and um I, I joke all the time after New York Marathon. I said, I'm going to retire. No more races. Yeah. And now I'm like, 
okay, after this next race, I'm going to retire. <laughs> Are you... But I know that it won't happen. <laughs> yeah. Are you almost kind of like a bit, not, not worried, but just allowing yourself to stop running and, and face whatever that is that you're kind of mildly aware of? Are you, does that make you feel anxious? Would you prefer to just like keep blocking it in a way? No, I think it would just be, um, I know I'd replace it with something, whether yeah. that's jumping on the bike and doing a uh, lower impact uh, sport for a while. That would mm. be it. I would love if the gyms were back open because I definitely would, like I do when I, um, I'm in a maintenance or building phase, you head back to the gym and you start yeah. lifting again and you get that tone back in your body. Um, but I'm not going to do that right now because I'm personally not comfortable going into a public gym. Mm. and yeah I don't know I think I think it will come at the same time as moving out of the city and settling down yeah you know like Maurice has already given me that like walking with the dog is lovely and mm. so foresight of like okay probably it will be oh I'm sure when I have kids I will be yeah. forced I can't just leave it in its pen <laughs> and go for a run yeah that would get me arrested so it's like you you know it, it all um it will all fall into place but I, you know I'm not worried about it I know no. that it will be the right time for the right reason yeah exactly <laughs> and so so for those who've never experienced your peloton classes before what what can they expect yeah. and being based in the UK can we stream your classes as well or is it just the US yeah. residents no you can you can yeah. get the peloton app um in um in the UK and you can run with us um it's great and you can obviously you can buy the tread as well and have that in your home and then you can have the running boot camp stretching yoga all of that content is available to you on the tread um my classes are some people will say really tough and Mm -hmm. I mean um (laughs) I hope that my classes are um coached you know, that there's mm-hmm. a point and a rhyme and reason as to why I teach what I teach, why I plan the classes or how I plan the classes and how I deliver them. I I would say they're technical mm-hmm. in the most part um, and happy. I've always ta- I'm always smiling, always running with a smile because, again, it's my absolute passion and I'm uh, still can't believe I get to do what I do for a living. <laughs> It just still seems absurd. Um, so, yeah, I think that I hope that my classes provide people with the opportunity to improve their running in whatever light that is for them, because mm-hmm. I know that it's multifaceted, that word improve or progress. So it's. Uh, yeah. I hope that I'm somebody who can help pe- guide people on their own journeys. Amazing. And where is your Peloton tread in your house? Do you have it in a specific room or is it just a... I do. It's in our, it, yeah. We have two bedrooms and it's in our second bedroom. Okay, amazing. We have, a, we have the tread and the bike next to each other. And um, yeah, it's quite fun. My, uh, my boyfriend does Ironman. I'm, I don't know how you, I see. That's how much I don't know about it. Yeah. Do you call them Ironman when they're more? He, oh, yeah. He, yeah. He does Ironman competitions. Um, so it's quite nice to have him, like, he'll bike next to me when I'm doing a horrible training session on the tread. So yeah. it's, uh, it's nice. It's a good setup, but yeah. I do. I'm lucky that where it is next to it is a stairwell in my building. 
and wow. the people downstairs below us haven't been here since COVID. So okay, that's good. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> when you lucky. yeah, because I had thought about putting it on the second floor, and I wondered about the noise if that would like you know annoy people downstairs. No. But yeah. I mean, the the treads are very quiet considering. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, as long as you get a good mat underneath, like yeah. a proper gym floor. That's what we've got. We've got a gym flooring mat underneath and apparently yeah. it absorbs a lot of the noise. Okay. And I see the latest issue is Joe Biden. He's trying to get his bike into the White House, isn't he? And there's apparently <laughs> issues around security and they're not sure if he's able to really? get it in. Oh yeah. my God, I haven't Imagine. read that. I know, yeah. he, um, I know a while ago there was a tweet or something about his, his him riding in Peloton, really? which is fabulous. Yeah. But, you know, I mean... Hey, exercise for all ages is what keeps us going, I think. I, you know, I think a big mantra of mine is I'm not here to perform for the, like, the immediate future. I'm here for the long run. Excuse the pun, being a long run, <laughs> long distance <laughs> nice. runner. But it's, you know, I want to train um, so that I can keep doing this when I'm in my 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. I want to keep moving up until then. So, yeah. yeah. Keep it going. Bring it on. All of the bikes and treads everywhere. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, Bex, it's been such a pleasure talking to you this evening. Well, my evening, uh, your morning. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you for making the time. It's, it's so nice to see your face again, as I said, after training with you in London. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to hop on the you. tread at some point and yes. give it a go. Yeah. Definitely do get that sorted out. It was so nice to see you again. And congratulations on becoming a mom. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. And, and you as well with Maurice. I hope you make a, a little appearance today. Can you lift him up or is he running around? I kept, well, he's gone in his bed. Maurice? Oh. Maurice. <laughs> Don't want to disturb him. He's just passed out. Is he? Maurice? Naked. No, yeah. not having it. No. No. <laughs> oh, cool. He is sound asleep. <laughs> if you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.